The Adams family has been a common household name since the 1930s, with over 10 different renditions of this creepy, kooky, mysterious, spooky, and altogether ooky family. Lovers of the delightfully dark and macabre naturally gravitate towards all things Adams. Many directors have tried their hand at creating a fresh take on this iconic family, most recently, Tim Burton. I'm Jenna Skinner, and I personally welcome you back. Each week, we explore the history of many beloved horror and dark comedies. This week, our subject is The Addams Family. The origins of The Addams Family date back to 1938, when Charles Samuel Adams started publishing a single panel in The New Yorker titled The Addams Family. And, as I'm sure you've guessed, Charles Adams is spelt with the familiar double Ds we find in The Addams Family name. Before we dive into the history of the family, let's dive into the history of the maker. Charles Adams was born in 1912 to two loving parents. His father sold pianos and his mother was a homemaker, a classic 19-teens New Jersey family. Throughout his childhood, he was a natural prankster, so much so his nickname around his friends was Chills. He was also known to hide in his homestead waiter and meticulously time jumping out to scare his grandmother. He had an intricate relationship with art. He would often draw skulls in his school papers. After graduating from high school, Charles attended three different higher education institutions. He started his studies at Colgate University in 1912. After staying at Colgate for one year, he transferred to the University of Pennsylvania until 1930. He finally settled at Grand Central School of Art where he graduated in 1932. When it came to women, Charles had a type and that type was Morticia Adams. About 10 years after graduating from university, Charles married his first wife. She was described as a spitting image of Morticia Adams, tall, pale, and slinky. Charles married Barbara Jean Day in 1942. Unfortunately, their marriage ended eight short years later. In total, Charles married three different women, all with the same physical description of his original character, Morticia. 1954 was a year of celebration for Charles. He married Estelle Barb. Estelle was a practicing lawyer and, throughout their marriage, legally worked her way to own the rights to Charles's Adams family characters for movie and film. Their marriage did not last as long as his first. After 26 years of singleness, Charles married his final wife, Marilyn Matthews Miller. The couple had actually met many years prior when they were both married to their first spouses. Marilyn, more endearingly referred to as T, matched Charles's dark energy exactly. They married in a pet cemetery located on T's property in Watermill, New York. Both partners were donned in all black. The T and Charles Adams Foundation wrote that cemeteries always represented something special to the Adamses. Because of Charlie's keen interest in the art of old headstones coupled with tranquility of such locations, they often picnicked in cemeteries during their travels. Charles's third and final marriage lasted just as long as his first. In 1988, eight years after they vowed till death do us part, death claimed Charles's life due to a heart attack. This was perhaps not quite the death Charles had imagined for himself. Now that we've played tribute to the brilliant mind behind the Adams Bunch, let's highlight some of the plentiful Adams family renditions that have been published. As mentioned before, Charles published a single reoccurring panel in The New Yorker. This cartoon portrayed a family of creepy loners who were polar opposites of the ideal American family. We'd recognize a few familiar faces. The first three characters were the mother, butler, and thing, all of which, minus thing, remained nameless. The same went for the rest of the crew. Soon after the debut, the father, daughter, son, and grandmother were drawn in. 
Later, the iconic bald uncle started making permanent appearances. Of course, we know these characters by their names. Wednesday, Grandmama, Lurch, and Uncle Fester, to name a few. The personalities of these characters, however, has changed little over the past near century. In the 1960s, the next step was made in the Addams Family timeline. Nearly 30 years later, the Addams Family premiered as a sitcom on ABC. Although it only aired for two seasons, it remains nostalgic to many comedy horror lovers. This sitcom was the beginning of these characters' names. New characters that were added to the show that were not in the original comics were It and Ladyfingers, Thing's female counterpart. After nearly three more decades, The Addams Family was turned into movies. The Addams Family in 1991 and The Addams Family Values in 1993. The first movie won the Kids' Choice Award for Favorite Movie that year. A familiar name is in the cast list, Christina Ricci. She will resurge again later. In 2019, a computer-animated version of The Addams Family hit theaters by Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer. Directed by Conrad Vernon and Greg Tiernan, this film had many famous names on the cast list. Finn Wolfhard from Netflix's Stranger Things voiced Pugsley, and Chloe Grace Mortz from Carrie voiced Wednesday. Finally, we reach the most recent and prevalent Adams Family rendition. This time, the family is viewed from a whole different perspective. Tim Burton, famous for his gothic fantasy and horror projects, directed Wednesday, a Netflix original series. This time, the Adams in the spotlight is Wednesday. After being expelled from her eighth school in five years, Wednesday starts at Nevermore Academy, the boarding school where her parents, Gomez and Morticia, met and fell in love. Wednesday feels like she's living in her mother's shadow, but soon finds her own way with Thing's help. She starts investigating a murder spree that both the local town and her school seem to be covering up. She discovers she may have more to do with the incident than she realized. I don't know about you, but the ending both did not disappoint and I, quite frankly, did not see coming. This is a spoiler-free podcast, so I'll just leave it there. As this series flooded screens throughout America, Wednesday's macabre charm captures the attention of all viewers. Her fascination with death and potentially fatal curiosity makes for a fascinating plotline. The actors in the series have real chemistry. Jenna Ortega, who started as Wednesday, accompanied many of her co-stars and supporting actors in press interviews. What have they said about the show? Jenna heavily respects Tim Burton as both a director and person. She said, He's such a visionary, and he seems as if he is perpetually frustrated, but in a really, really sweet way. When Tim Burton contacted Jenna about the role, she was stunned. She was amazed he even knew who she was or had seen her work. She said, quote, He just told me that he wanted to send Wednesday to a boarding school and see her as a teenager. End quote. She merely was interested in the role because she had been compared to Wednesday her entire life. Remember how I said Christina Ricci's name would come up again later on? Well, now's her time to shine. Christina, who flawlessly played Wednesday in the 90s, came back to play another character in the show. She played Professor Thornhill, who teaches Wednesday about carnivorous plants. When asked about Christina in an interview, Jenna said, Neither one of us said Wednesday once to each other. She further explains that she thinks they both understood it was a different interpretation of the same character. Neither wanted to overstep or force creative liberties on the other's character. Emma Myers, who played Enid Sinclair, said that this show is interesting because, quote, it's integrating the Adams family into the modern society, end quote. In episode four of Wednesday, Nevermore Academy hosts the annual Raven Dance. At this dance that Wednesday already was resentful to attend, she showed off some of her own peculiar dance moves. Percy Hines White, who played Xavier Thorpe, said this was his, quote, favorite scene. He even admitted that he could watch an entire show of just this. Jenna Ortega, however, had a different take on the scene. 
In an interview with Stream Wars, she said, quote, I actually felt really insecure about this dancing scene. I had choreographed that myself, and I think it's very obvious that I'm not a dancer, end quote. In a different interview, she explained where she got her inspiration for the moves. She, quote, watched videos of golf clubs in the 80s and Susie and the Banshees because she was reference made in the show, end quote. Jenna's choreographed moves are very on-character for Wednesday to show her quirky personality and gothic origins. One of the main qualities this show has to offer is its focus on Wednesday. When asked what makes Wednesday the series different from past Adams Family movies, Emma said, quote, The first thing is that it's mostly centered around Wednesday, because we've never really seen her as a lead character before, and it's following her and her journey through high school, end quote. We discover many of Wednesday's habits, skills, and hobbies in the series. For example, we learn she's a polyglot, meaning she speaks or reads at least four different languages, English, German, Latin, and Italian. She also spends an hour of her day writing her gruesome novels on a manual typewriter because she, quote, refuses to be a slave to technology. Throughout the show, we see Wednesday's seemingly sporadic and unreliable visions. She inherits this newfound trait from her mother, Morticia. Their psychic abilities seem to be connected to her ancestors and the local town's history. Wednesday also experiences lots of character development at Nevermore Academy. For the first time, she makes friends, well, a friend, named Enid. After being randomly assigned a roommate, Wednesday meets Enid. She appears to be the total opposite of Wednesday. Her side of the room is decorated in color, she runs Nevermore's biggest gossip blog, and she's a werewolf. After much contention between the two, they realize they're a great team and work together to face the mystery of Nevermore's infamous murder spree. Lastly, Wednesday shows an interest in boys. There are two love interests pining for Wednesday's attention, Tyler Galpin and Xavier Thorpe. Both boys pique Wednesday's interest in different ways and both prove useful. The love triangle, however, is more complicated it seems, and Wednesday must realize who is her enemy and who is her ally. <laughs>